0: Good evening, good evening, most welcome, most welcome, invite people, we are glad to see you again, God bless you, God bless you, we thank Jesus for life, we are glad for this new day, may the Holy Spirit be together with us today to teach us the word, He guide us through what we are going to go through. We have about uh, six minutes before we start the the study. So keep inviting people, invite people. Uh, You can start uh, a watch party on your wall, Facebook wall, so that other people may see what we are uh, doing this evening. I totally depend on the Holy Spirit for this teaching. I don't purport to be the one who knows everything. I'm sharing what the Holy Spirit has taught me and what I have seen as I read. God bless you for joining us. Be blessed. You and your family, your households, and the places you're watching from, may the presence of the Holy Spirit Representing God come to you wherever you are in Jesus' mighty name. Enjoy the song that we're listening to that says everything will be all right in Christ by Bob Fitz. We do not own the rights to these songs, but they are wonderful songs of worship. And they help us to draw closer to God. So you listen not only with your ears but with your spirit too, in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who is watching and especially the servants of God uh because you're my fellow servants i'm not greater than you we all depend on god and the holy spirit i am blessed for you joining us this evening Uh, after consulting with my wife we decided we start our broadcast at 7 30. it seemed to be a very good time Uh, i hope to take not more than Uh, 30 to 40 minutes every single day God bless you and I think we can start with a word of prayer then I will read a scripture and then we will go into the lesson for this day Amen let us pray Everlasting Father King of Glory Creator of heaven and earth You who was who is and who is to come You have always been there you are wonderful you are mighty you're glorious we bless your name this evening we worship you you alone deserve to be worshipped to be praised you deserve the sacrifices of our bodies minds souls and spirit because they are yours you own them and we do not own ourselves we thank you for redeeming us from our sins By grace, because we did not deserve it, through the sacrifice of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who took our death and died on the cross so that we may have life everlasting. We glorify you. We exalt you. We submit our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our spirits to you this evening, Lord, as we go to break your word, to understand who you are, We ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, teach us. I submit my mind and my heart. I submit my cognitive sense. I submit my tongue and speech. Speak and use me as you will for the glory and honor of your name. Thank you because of the opportunity like this, Lord. You would have chosen the angels to serve you, but you chose us human beings with all our weaknesses. With all our failure and with all our sin, you chose that we are the ones who are going to carry this grace of preaching your word, mighty God. We thank you and we honor your mighty God, our Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Last week we started a doctrine that is biblical concerning God. And I believe every Christian in their statement of faith, one of the points they give is that they believe in God, who is expressed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that's why we decided to try and examine the existence of God. We asked a question, does God exist? We looked at a few points. I will... uh, Recap a few of them, I may not do all of them. We said that the heavens declare the glory of God. Everything that God has created speaks of God's existence. We said creation tells us that an intelligent superior mind designed and executed creation of everything. And when you look at creation, it's not like the art man made. Uh, Because man has mistakes. If you observe any artwork, you will find an error somewhere. According to what we can see in creation, we don't see errors in what God did. Therefore, they tell us that there is a God who created them. And when the trees are waving their leaves and branches, they are just signifying the greatness of God. When we look at animals and all their shapes and sizes and their uh, uh, abilities and things they do that they're divided into several categories, we see a mastermind. Uh, we also say that in the conscience of man, it is written that God exists and man Every single day of his life is looking for that God. And that's why man is supposed to be a worshipper at whatever level. So if you don't find God, you'll find something else to replace God. Because you have a need to worship a God. That's why people worship their work, power, money, influence, uh, fashion, how they dress, how they look, they worship themselves. It is because we have a need for God in our hearts. It has been said by one singer uh, some time back that there is a God-shaped hole in the heart of man. We try to fill it with things, but they can't fit. It's like trying to fit a square into a circle. It can never fit, but we keep pushing Hoping that one day we'll find something that will fill that hole. But we never find it. So we were asking, does God really exist? And we looked at those things. Uh, today, I want, us ask, uh, I want us to ask uh, ourselves, because we, we, we came to a conclusion last week, that, uh, Monday, that God exists. So who is this God? Or what is God? Uh, How can we know that God that we now believe exists? That is what we'll be looking at today. Today, I want us to read a scripture from Exodus chapter 3. I want to read verse 13 to 15. It says, And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. Verse 15, And God said moreover to Moses, Thus shall shall you say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. So who is God? That is a question. What is God if he's not a person? How can we know God? Once we know who he is, we want a relationship with him. Because the sole purpose man was created is to have a relationship with God. Therefore, that's why man has a need and a desire to find a God, to worship that God, to serve that God. Like we have seen on Monday, is that because of what God has written in the conscience of man, most tribes in the world, have a story of their existence, where they started from, where they came from, and the God who created them. They may not have the true God, they may not know the true God, but they have an idea of who God is. And so, the biggest question most people have in the world is how they can worship God. Let us look at a few facts. The fact that God exists is so conspicuous, both, both through the creation and through man's conscience that the Bible calls the atheist a fool. And we looked at Psalms 14 and verse 1. Accordingly, the Bible never attempts to prove that uh, the existence of God, rather it assumes his existence from the very beginning. That's why Genesis 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning, God. It doesn't first give us an introduction of who God is, where he came from, how he looks, what his names are. It just assumes the existence of God and begins by telling us that that God God exists and he created everything. And then it begins to give us account of what he did from day one to day six and rested on day seven. doesn't bother to tell us a lot what the Bible does is reveal the nature the character and the work of God and that's how we know him the Bible says we are the work of his hands we are his workmanship and that's why we said when we look at nature, when we look at human beings, we look at animals, we look at uh, the skies, we look at the stars, the planets, the moon, the sun, the trees and everything, then we see God. That is his work. Let's look at a few definitions. Thinking correctly about God is of uttermost importance because of a false idea about God becomes idolatry and the law that God gave Moses 20, uh, the, in chapter 20 of Exodus 10 commandments the first law says you shall have no other God besides me because if you have the wrong idea of who God is that ceases to be the true God and all of a sudden you are worshipping an idol which is a very serious thing. In Psalms 50 and verse 21, God reproves the wicked man with this accusation. You thought I was altogether like you. To start with a good summary definition of God is the supreme being. And it's telling us in Psalms 50 verse 21, that we should not assume god is like us god is a human like us god has the attributes we have rather we have some attributes of who god is but god is not a human being human beings were created by god god was never created he existed from before time you see our time is calculated from the day In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 when God created the heavens and the earth we started counting time we can say we are about six thousand years since the creation okay maybe scientists will say but the earth has been there for millions of years yes if we were created about six thousand years ago And the Bible tells us that one day before God is like a thousand years. Calculate how many days are in 6,000 years times a thousand. Then you realize even the years we have of 30 million, 100 million may not be accurate according to God's calendar of calculating time. All right. One day when we look at uh, creation, we will look at what Genesis 1 verse 1 and 2 talks about. Because in verse 2, it seems God is doing repair work of an earth. He doesn't start from scratch, from nowhere. He says, and waters covered the earth, meaning there was an earth. So we need to, one day, go back and begin to observe what does that mean? What are the Hebrew words that can explain to us whether that was a initial time earth existed or earth had existed before and whether dinosaurs and other things existed before verse 2 so one day we will look into that alright let us say the creator and ruler of all that is that is what it means that God is a supreme being He's a creator and he rules everything he created not the things we see Everything we see, everything we do not see, but is still visible and physical, but we can't see with our naked eyes. And everything unseen, that could be spiritual, just like uh, spiritual beings. Those things were all created by God. Meaning, from every angel, to every being in heaven, to every being on earth, to every land to every creature whether it is an insect or any other thing they were all created by god and he is the ruler of all it also means that god is a supreme being the self existent one who is perfect in power goodness and wisdom and this self existent means god does not depend on anything or anyone to exist he existed because, before there was anything he exists now that there is everything and he will exist even after all these things what I would like to say is that that we also know that God is supreme because God is self-satisfying he has everything he needs in himself that he doesn't need anything outside. The fact that God created man to worship him does not mean God needs worship to exist. God existed before there was worship. God exists now that there is worship, and God will exist even after this life is over. Let us look at the nature of God. So what nature does God have? We know certain things to be true of God for one reason. In his mercy, he has condescended to reveal some of his qualities to us. Number one, God is spirit, by nature intangible. You can't touch him, you can't see him, but he fills every space, he fills every place, he fills the heavens, he fills the earth, he fills under the earth. He fills the sea. He fills even hell. That's why David said, Where can I go from your presence to hide from you? And he himself answered himself, Nowhere. Because even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. John chapter 4 verse 24 says that God is a spirit. And therefore, those who want to worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because when God created man, he breathed in him his spirit. That is what made man to live. Therefore, you must go into your deeper place and worship God from that point. Hallelujah. When you worship God with only your mind or physically, you miss a very beautiful aspect of connecting with God spirit to spirit. And when you connect spirit to spirit, that's when God releases His power upon your life. He releases gifts, spiritual gifts, into you, He releases His presence into your life he releases his healing through you he releases self to you you know it is amazing that God who fills the heavens the earth the under the earth the sea hell and every place that exists and maybe even others that don't exist in our own understanding that very God can come and live inside of you that can only happen in the spirit hmm. Hallelujah. God is one. God is one. And there are so many arguments about people saying that Christians worship three gods. No, 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 no. Christians do not worship three gods. But we worship one true God. But he exists as three persons. All right? He exists. As three persons God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit yes there are times in the Bible where you see God the Father God the Son and God the Spirit in one space like in Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus is baptized we hear a voice coming from heaven from God the Father saying this is my son in whom I am well pleased Then at the same time, the Holy Spirit comes in form of a dove and sits on Jesus. And Jesus himself is being baptized. So we see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Those three persons controlled three major dispensations that we have lived in and we are living in. The Old Testament majorly covers the dispensation of God the Father. The God who was working with prophets and kings. A God who was not as gracious as Christ has made our dispensation to be. He's the one who would part the earth and 23,000, 25,000 of Israelites when they're coming from Egypt, going to Canaan, are swallowed by the ground. You break a law, you're taken out, you're stoned to death because that is what he required. But we can't say he was not merciful. There are many people who sinned, like David, when he killed one of his soldiers and took the wife. God would have killed him, but he did not. And Psalms 51, we see the prayer of David, the cry of David as he repents of that sin and God forgives him. That is grace. So there were tints of love and grace and mercy flowing all through. Even when God would want to finish the whole of Israelites in the desert and decide, Moses, let me kill all these people, then I'll start a new generation with you. We see Moses in chapter 33 of Exodus going to pray and intercede and beg God. And God forgives the Israelites. And allows them to go on and enter into uh, the promised land. All right. Uh, The Matthew chapter 3, look at verse 16 and 17. Then you'll see what I've I've just talked about. God is infinite. Infinite. He has no measure. And that is found in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 17 God is immeasurable God cannot be contained in anything God does not work in one way he works in as many ways as he wants because he can create even what does not exist from nowhere therefore we cannot box God in one way that God only appears this way God only speaks this way God only understands this way alright so 1 Timothy one seventeen. Incomparable, he cannot be compared to anything. I know there are many gods. There are some religions that have up to 300 million gods. There are others who have different numbers of gods. But God cannot be compared to anything, anyone, any deity, any mythology of the, the, the Greeks, you know they have Hercules, they have Zeus, they have Thor, they have other gods that they talk about, and demigods and all that. God cannot be compared to anyone, to anything, or any mythology, anything thought by man. He is greater than all. You can look at Second Samuel, chapter seven, and verse twenty-two. God is unchanging, Malachi 3, 6, God does not change. And God himself, even in the book of Numbers, verse 23 and verse 19, has said he is not a man that he can lie, so God cannot be compared to men. I know there are many people who have twisted thought of God God the Father because of their earthly fathers, because their earthly fathers failed to love, to nurture and all that. God cannot be compared to man. He is not a son of man that he should change his mind. Once God has decided something, nothing can change him. Hallelujah. God exists Everywhere, that is found in Psalms 139, 7 to 12. That is what I was telling you about, David, saying, where can I hide from you? If I go into the forest, you will find me. If I go into a hole, you'll be there. If I go into hell, you are there. If I go to the highest heaven, you are there. If I go to any planet, I will still find you. No wonder. I wonder when people think they can do something and hope, or imagine, or think that God did not see, and unless they are reported to Him, then God does not know. You know, God is omnipotent. He owns all the power. Even what we have in terms of our thinking, in our abilities, in our innovation, in our everything, we are given by God. It all belongs to Him. And no one can compare with what god has because god has no limit he has absolute power god is omnipresent he's everywhere at the same time he is listening to every person on the face of the earth and even the dead because they speak you know the death is not the end of everything there are people who think if they commit suicide, then they will leave the pains, the sorrow, and they will also leave this God who is harassing them. No. Actually, when you die, you come closer to God than you were on earth. And that's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 it is appointed for man to die once, and after death, judgment. And while you're living, Instead of thinking of suicide and killing yourself to escape these things, you better be thinking of how you can prepare yourself to meet your God. Amos chapter 4 verse 12 says, Because you have done these things, prepare to meet your God. The day we die and leave this earth, it doesn't matter what state, It doesn't matter whether we accepted or we did not accept God. We will meet God. Hmm. Hallelujah. God knows everything. Psalms 147 and verse 5. He knows everything. He knows what you are thinking. He knows what you have done. He knows what you will do and you don't even know you will do it. He knows how many people will receive salvation because of their own choice because he gave you a gift called will power. God is not forcing you to have a relationship with him because he gave you a gift of will power. He wants you to choose to be closer to him. He wants you to choose to love him. He wants you to choose to worship him but if you choose to worship an idol he will let you but he will judge you for it hmm Isaiah 40 verse 20 also speaks of God being everywhere on the hilltops in the valleys and any plane there's no place you can go that will be out of God's reach and God has all power and authority You can read Ephesians, the whole chapter 1, and you will see Revelation chapter 19 and 6. God has authority over everything and anything. There's nothing that can escape. Even the governments on earth are under the authority of God. He lifts one and he disposes the other. His character. This is another subtopic. His character. What are the characteristics of God? Here are some of God's characteristics as revealed in the Bible. God is just. God is just. You can't do something and think he will stand on your side and fight for you. Acts chapter 17 and verse 31. You know, it is amazing that some people go to God to pray. For God to hinder some people they have wronged from doing anything. And they hope God will stand on their side and be unjust so that they can defraud the other person. God does not work that way. There are things you go before God to ask him and he will not listen because you did an injustice. And the Bible declares that God will cause an unjust man to pay seven times over what he did. To another man many of us suffer because of the things we've done to others because God must allow justice to take place God is loving Ephesians 2 verse 4 and 5 and actually 1st John chapter 4 tells us in verse 8 that God is love so love is not a feeling Love is not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not a a goosebump-causing feeling. Love is not a warmth in the heart. Love is a person. Love is a choice. To love a person, you choose with your mind to allow God to express himself through you. And so, if there there is a person you feel you hate so much, pray. Pray. That God express yourself through me to that person. If your marriage is not working right now, ask God to express himself through you to your spouse and vice versa. Hmm. Amen. God is truthful. God is truthful. John 14:6. Jesus declaring, and Jesus is God, 100% God. And when he was on earth, he was 100% man. So it was God-man. John 14, verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So God is truthful. He is the truth. He is the source of truth. What he says is true. It doesn't matter whether it is nice or not nice whatever he says is true god is holy one john one five tells us that god is holy i also remember another scripture in in first peter where god where, where 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 peter quotes what god had said in the old testament be ye holy even as I am holy. So, God is not asking you to be holy like no one else. He's telling you, copy me, invite me into your life, and I'll make you holy. And I can tell you for sure you cannot attain holiness without inviting God to have a relationship with you and to express His holiness. Through you. God shows compassion. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, and he says, If it were not for the compassion of the Lord, we would have been consumed. God shows us compassion when we do not deserve it. God, compassion means you empathize, you feel the pain of the other person and not only feeling you step up to do something about it you step up to resolve the problem that is causing this person this pain so God shows you compassion God is moved by every pain you feel he's moved by every tear you cry he's moved by every sickness that is disturbing your body sometimes he doesn't stop it because that is your path to walk Sometimes it is your disobedience that has taken you there. And until you change your mind and follow another path, he allows it to go on. God shows mercy. Romans 9 and verse 15. The mercies of the Lord. You know, mercy is when God is supposed to punish you, but he chooses to not punish you. A story is given that a judge had a son, and the son was a criminal. And when they were brought before the court, the judge sentenced everybody who was involved in the crime, including his own son. But after he pronounced the judgment, he chose to remove his gown and his wig and say, I will go into the prison for my son. The fact that the son was released does not mean justice was not served because the son was sentenced. But the judge decided to take the sentence upon himself on behalf of the son. And that's what God has done. We are the ones who had sinned. Our wages was death according to Romans 6 and verse 23. We were supposed to die. But God took on a human body, came on earth, and died on the cross for us after he passed the sentence for us to die. And therefore, substitution happened at the cross. We were given the life Jesus should have lived because he was holy. And, we were, and Jesus was given the death we were supposed to have died. So Jesus did not die for himself. He died for you. God shows us grace, Romans 5 and verse 17. And I would encourage everyone to read Romans 5. It is is a wonderful book that shows us about the grace of God. The whole of that book tells us that God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, christ died for us he did not die for us when we repented he did not die for us when we had cleaned ourselves up he did not die for us when we were good enough he died when we were bad he died when we were wallowing in our own sin that's when he went to the cross what if we never chose to be saved christ would still have died to give us an opportunity to correct our mistakes and if we went to hell, we would not blame anybody. Anyone who will go to hell will not blame anyone because Christ died for everybody. The difference will be accepting or rejecting. God judges sin. That's Psalms 5.5. 5. There is no sin that will be allowed to enter heaven. He does not let unrighteous to, the unrighteous man to go unpunished. There is no sin that will enter heaven. If you read uh, Revelation, when he talks of the heaven, that sin will not be found there. But the most important thing above judging sin is that God also forgives sin. Amen. Psalms 130 verse 4 who forgives all, not some, not the small ones, but all your sins. There is no sin God cannot forgive, no matter what you have done, no matter how far you have gone, no matter who you have wronged. There is forgiveness in God. Let us look at the last thing, which will be uh, no, we, we have two things. Uh, the last, uh, the second last one, we'll look at his work. We cannot understand God apart from his work, because what God does flows from who he is, just like us. If you 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 treat, we give you that title. If you build houses, you're a builder. If you uh, work wood things, you're a carpenter. If you do the piping and the drainages and all that, then you're a plumber. If you repair shoes, you're a cobbler. So we get titles and names from what we do. A thief is a thief because he steals. So, for us to understand God, we also need to understand his work, then we will know who he is. He is he, let, let me just give you an ab- abbreviated list of God's work because we can't say everything he has done and he continues to do. Past, present, and future. God created the world, so he's a creator. So when you say, my creator, you're addressing God. There's no other creator. Genesis 1 and verse 1, Isaiah 42 and verse 5. He is actively uh, sustains the world Colossians 1 and verse 17 Monday we talked about how God holds all the the planets in their orbit and they revolve and rotate as they go around the sun some take years, some take days like the earth takes a day Uh, within 12 hours you go halfway the other half, that's why there's day and night is when you are facing away from the sun. So in 24 hours you go one full round uh, circle uh, across the sun. Uh, the others that take months, some years, that many years, as they go around the sun. And God is sustaining them, suspending them on space. Those things don't weigh a ton. They weigh hundreds of tons, thousands of tons, millions of tons. Yet they do not fall. And you can't say, why don't they fall? Just God. He knows what he did and he knows how they are sustained up there. And if he can sustain those things, don't you imagine he can sustain you and your life and even in these difficult times? Mm -hmm. He's executing his eternal plan. Ephesians 1 and verse 11. You know, God did not just create things. He planned, then He created and executed that plan. And He's unraveling it day by day, month by month, year by year, every single day. And He knows what He is supposed to do, how to do it, until we come to that very end of everything when we go before the throne of God for judgment. This involves the, redemptive, the redemption of man from the curse of sin and death. That was still in his plan. Even when he created Adam, he planned for his salvation because God knew Adam would fall and he had prepared his salvation. That's why when we look at Revelation, it says that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. So Jesus did did not decide to die when he went to the cross. It was determined before even man fell. What an amazing God. So he's executing. He knows the numbers of the people that will be saved. He is working so that they can be saved but the invitation is given to all it all depends on our choices all right God never forces anyone to do anything he gives you an opportunity you choose to accept or reject Mm -hmm. that is in Galatians 3 verse 13 and 14 which says cast is the man who hangs on a tree and he tells us that Jesus Christ hanged on a tree to take away the curse of death and in 1st Corinthians Jesus also took the sting of death and grave from our lives if we accept what he's offering now then we can escape those two things he draws people Christ John 6 verse 44 and he says and it was Jesus speaking that no one comes to me unless my father draws him he disciplines his children Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 and he disciplines them because he loves them any parent who does not discipline their children does not love them because what you're saying is I'm leaving you to chance I'm leaving you to become whatever you become I'm leaving you to become a thief if that is what you will be I'm leaving you to become uh, uh, promiscuous I'm leaving you to choose the life you want wherever it takes you it's okay but most people think they're not punishing their children because they love them the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and the road of correction dispels it from them so if you don't punish your children it just says you're not copying the pattern of God the ones God loves most is our is the, they're the ones he punishes why because he wants them to come back to the right path he wants them to be disciplined he wants them to walk in a certain way if you see God not punishing you it means you have chosen the wrong path and he knows no matter what he does, you will not come back. Therefore, he leaves you into your own devices. When you go and die, you cannot blame him. And he will judge the world. Revelation 20, verse 11 to 15. He talks of the, white, the great white throne where every dead and living will go for their judgment. Judgment will begin In the house of the Lord he will begin with the ones who have chosen him then they will enter eternal life then the ones who rejected him will come and they will be judged, and they will be cast into the lake of fire not hell hell is a cell hell is where people are being held waiting for judgment Uh, it is like industrial area remand where people are held before they go to court once they go to court, that's when they go to committee, they go to Shimolatewa, they go to Kingongo. But no one goes to Kingongo before they are, they have gone before a judge. So, industrial area is hell. Kamiti, Kingongo, Shimolatewa, and all the others becomes the lake of fire. may the lord help us to choose the right thing so that we don't go to the lake of fire the last thing i want to say today is relationship with him now this is how we can know him in the person of the Son, god became incarnate he became a human being he was god he existed from the very beginning he was part of creation that's why one John verse one says, in, "In the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." All right? Verse two and verse three says, "And nothing that exists was created without the word." All right? That very word in verse 14, John 1:14. Became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen the glory of the only begotten Son of God. Full of grace and mercy. Alright. So that word. That word that was God in the beginning. That word that was involved in creating. Then took flesh and came back to the earth in form of a man. The Son of God became the Son of Man, and that's why Jesus mostly referred to himself while he was on earth as the Son of Man. All right, because he had taken the nature of man. That means Jesus felt hungry, Jesus felt disappointed, Jesus cried. We know John uh, eleven when he went to. To Lazarus place and he saw how they were discouraged we also know uh, John eleven thirty five when he looked at Jerusalem uh, he wept so Jesus cried Jesus got angry remember when he went to the temple holy anger took a whip whipped everybody and threw everybody out overturned the tables those are human emotions that means he was a man but he did not become a man so that we can see him as a man. He became a man so that he can bridge between God and man. John 14, verse 6, 1 Timothy 2 and 5. Jesus says in John 14, verse, verse 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. You don't go to the father because of the good you do. You don't go to the father through your religion. You don't go to the father because you wear white garments that are long. You don't go to the father because you have a cross on your neck. You don't go to the father because you choose to go to the father. You don't go to the father through prayer. You go to the father through Jesus Christ alone. any other path is illegal any other path does not lead to God and when Jesus says he is the way it means there's only one way to God there are many people who say there are many ways to God so you can use this religion or that religion you can do this to get to God there is only one way and that one way was provided by God himself through his son Jesus Christ you can try all the other ways you want but it will not get you there And the question you will be asked at the great white throne is, I gave you Jesus Christ, my son, to work salvation for you so that you can come and spend eternity with me. What did you do with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? And that is a question I want to ask you right now. What have you done with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? It is only through the Son that we can have forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 1 and 7. How can you attain that? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You must have faith in the Son of God to give you eternal life for you to come into that relationship with God. Any other way, it won't work. It is not your good good works, even though good works are good. It is not through religion, even though religion is good. It is through the Son of God. Reconciliation with God, John fifteen fifteen. Jesus is the vine; we are the branches. Uh, Without Him, we can do nothing. We know that uh, through the same place is that there's no other way to God. God is the one who takes care of the vine, and the vine takes care of the branches and the leaves and the fruits so that we can bear them. Romans 5.10 tells us the same, that we were reconciliated back to God. And eternal salvation, that is is, 2 Second Timothy 2.10. Eternal salvation, eternal means forever saved. There's no other way you can be saved. I know some people discover other revelations after they've been saved that are greater than Christ Jesus and the cross, but that is not the way it goes. It is through Christ alone. In Jesus Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That's what Colossians 2 and verse 9 tells us. That Jesus in that physical body that was on earth, the whole of God was inside that body. So, to really know God is all we have to do is look at Jesus. Roman uh, uh, Hebrews Hebrews tells us that in the past God spoke to man through prophets But in these last days he has spoken to us through his son So if you want to know God Look for his son If you want to hear God look for his son I'm not saying The prophets today are not important. They are important, but they are not the ones who will connect you to God. It is Jesus Christ. And any man who claims he can connect you to God is a liar. And the truth of God is not in him. So you need to study. You need to know. You need to seek. You need to find Jesus Christ. Then you will be connected to God. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless His Word. Increase you. Allow His presence to fill your life, to fill your home, to fill your workplace, to fill the streets of Nairobi, to fill every, every place you go to, so that you may know Him and the power of His resurrection, and then He can connect you to God. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, we give you glory, we give you honor. That though you are incomparable, incomprehensible, infinite, you are supreme, you are beyond what we can imagine or even think, you have chosen to expose yourself to us. You have chosen to have a relationship with us. You have chosen to make us your children. You have chosen to give us an inheritance that is spiritual that we do not even deserve. You have chosen to send your only begotten Son here to earth, that we may know you, that we may connect to him and have eternal salvation, that we may be reconciled with you because we have fallen away from you. Lord, we thank you that in your word, if we concentrate to read your word, and you have said Jesus Christ, your word and he was with you in the beginning and he was you then we can begin to have a knowledge of who you are who Christ is and have a relationship one on one with you where we can stand and speak to you directly without being represented and we pray that you will also help every person you've put in charge of our lives to lead our lives, to disciple us and to teach us. That they will be faithful to just direct us to Christ Jesus and not to anything else. What we need more in these days is not wealth, is not influence, it's not power, even though those things are important. What we need in these last days is Jesus Christ, your son is a relationship with him and indeed a relationship with you. We thank you because that is possible. We thank you because that is what you intend. We exalt you. We lift your name on high. We love you. We lift you up. We glorify you forever and ever through your precious son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. What what a, a very vast topic. I, mean, I know I've not mm-hmm. done everything. I've just charged you to go and read and find because it will be a very hard thing to do in these last uh, few minutes that we have been together. Thank you very much to everyone who has joined us. Thank you very much for everyone who uh, has shared this broadcast. Thank you very much for everyone who has commented, liked uh, this, this broadcast. Thank you very much for everyone who will continue to share Thank you very much for everyone who will ask themselves questions or send us questions that we may need to answer. And God bless you. And may the Holy Spirit of the living God, who is a teacher and who leads, leads us into all truth, lead and guide you into more truths about God, even as we continue to do these biblical studies. And may God help us to keep on growing. We shall meet again the same time, 7.30, next week on Monday, when we shall continue with this uh, doctrine of God. And we shall be sharing a poster to just tell you the times, the topics that are coming. And we hope to keep on interacting with you. And we hope to keep on growing together. Even as we wait for the reveal of Christ Jesus, the days are very few. Christ is coming very soon. That big judgment is on the way. And there's no way we can escape it. The best way is to prepare ourselves for it. God bless you. God increase you and do you good. Have a lovely weekend. And let's meet again. Same time, same place. Thank you.